đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to this week's episode of Team Cal My Radio Today. Happy Monday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Mostly a chilly day, of course. And hope you guys are staying absolutely, absolutely warm. But it will, of course, good news, like always. It will eventually warm up um, around probably tomorrow, Wednesday or so. So hope you guys are staying absolutely safe because I don't want you guys to be, I don't want to be worried about you guys. <clears throat> you, you know, you, everyone here is absolutely, absolutely great. Even just one view day or one play per day. It means it means everything. <clears throat> now, of course, m- none of these podcasts I'm doing is monetized. I basically don't monetize my videos anyway. So you guys can watch it, no problem, no ad, no nothing. You guys can listen to it. <clears throat> and you guys can actually talk about it. You can do anything you want. You can do pretty much what you want with it. So, I mean... It's been, <clears throat> we've been doing this for a while, so that's great, right? <clears throat> and make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our regular podcast. Alright, let's continue on Stan News. This is from last week, by the way. Stan News trial, Hong Kong court hears debate over media coverage on designated snatch security judges. The former chief editor of independent outlet Stan News argued with the persecution on Friday over why a judgment affirming the national security judge appointment system was never covered by the now defunct news platform. <clears throat> Chung Pui Kun, former editor-in-chief of the outlet, and Patrick Lam, former acting editor-in-chief, stand accused of conspiring to publish seditious publications along with the outlet's parent company. The duo appeared before Judge Gold Waikiki at the Wan Chai District Court as the sedition trial, which began last October, it was supposed to last 20, <clears throat> 20 days, and entered on the 42nd day. Kwok, one of the city's handpicked national security judges, asked Chung Tuesday why a commentary published by the non-profit outlet did not mention a section in a judgment assuring judicial independence, even when national security judges are chosen by Hong Kong's leader. <clears throat> Lead persecutor Lauren followed up and asked Chung the same question again. During Friday's hearing. In response, Chum said he noticed that almost no outlet had reported the particular part of the judgment. You you too had never heard about the, that section before. The judge before the judge mentioned it to you in court. I don't know if it's because the press, including the outlet, didn't report the prosecutor reply. Chum paused for a few seconds and said, A member of the Department of Justice who is executing the national security law. You said you don't know, you didn't know the judgment yourself, yet you blame the press for that. We, even as legal professionals, didn't know about the judgment either. How would the public possibly hear of this? The media didn't report, and so Trump ended ending the debate. <clears throat> answered that answered that perhaps the model of designated judges was not considered by journalists to be the focus of the documents. The prosecutor moved on to two articles about or penned 
by a, by self-exiled pro-democracy figures. The arguments about former lawmaker Bad Jail Low and activist Sunny Chun were the last two pieces amongst the allegedly seditious articles that were published by the outlet when Chun was at its helm. A video embedded in the allegedly seditious profile of Bad Jail Low was played in court. In it, the 36-year-old political figure said he wanted two country, two system. Referencing <laughs> one country, two system model government applied to Hong Kong after the city's handover to China. He was implying Hong Kong independence, the prosecutor said. Why did you still let him talk about this on your platform? To repeating his answer from previous hearings, that the political ideologies of young politicians deserve to be documented. And I agree with that. And then turned to the reporter um, to the reporter's line of questioning, she said, Lam Yingpong, Stan News supporter who interviewed Lung, had repeatedly asked leading questions that allowed the politicians to elaborate on his guilt about fleeing the city. Lam made an assumption that Lung had no choice but to leave Hong Kong, prompting the public to sympathize with Lung, even though Lung wasn't charged by the National Security Police at the time. Chung so, said, having no choice but to leave was a phrase used by Lam to describe the general sentiment felt by most people, not just Lung, who left to who left to see, many felt like they have no other option, as people were expecting arrest for doing what used to be allowed in Hong Kong. Prosecutors said Lam purposely raised certain topics, even when Lung did not mention them, such as asking Lung if he missed his family at the end of the interview. That was merely interviewing skill. We asked questions that the public wished to know. Chum answered, and that. Not asking about personal matters before finishing an interview was a typical practice. Another commentary by Sunny Chung, who founded a now defunct international lobby organization that advocated protesters' demands in 2019, also became the subject of questioning in the hearing. In the op-ed, in the op-ed published in December 2020, Chung responded to news about him being wanted by the government nearly three months after the 27-year-old politician went into self-exile and settled in the U.S. Calling Chung a radical activist, claimed Chung hated the central government and that he wanted to incite hatred amongst others, too. The prosecutor said, Stan News had published a full version of Chung's op-ed, even though the news outlet had already published a, f- a write-up about his f- response. The intention was to help Chung to spread his seditious messages. Absolutely not. I never intended to do anything like that, the ex, the ex chief editor said. And I preferred publishing the complete version of politicians' speeches as it helped to present their thoughts and writing up style, up and style of writing to the reader. The trial will continue on Monday. Yeah, like that's gonna end, like that's gonna end on something like a, oh, they're, they're dismissed or something like that. Which we will, yes, we will talk about. It. It's coming up, it's coming up later or so. Let's talk about labor rights, because those things are, are still a pretty much a hard thing that's, that's, that no one talks about now. Ten years after one of Hong Kong's largest, longest strikes, Dockers' union struggles to uphold labor rights. Ten years ago this month, Hong Kong's main, uh, main container port was rocked by one, of the long, by one of the longest labor strikes in the, city, in the city's history. Distorted by low wages, the pay was lower in 2013 than in 1996, when it was still under the British colony. As well as poor working conditions and long hours, hundreds of, con- 
of contracted hundreds of contract uh contracted dock workers at Kwaising's container terminal went on strike for tw- for a twenty percent pay raise, the equivalent of inflation over the previous seventeen years and their conditions. After forty straight days of strikes and protests, dock workers accepted a nine point eight percent wage increase. They were giving a ten percent pay rate pay rise the following year, ultimately meeting their initial demands. Almost. The Dockers' industrial action rode on the success of the steel rod workers' strike in 2007, and it was staged at the time when civil society in the city was still active. But in decades since that, since <clears throat> that hard-fought victory, the striker organized the Union of Hong Kong Dockers had lost many of its allies, many of its old allies in the labor movement. The pro-democracy Hong Kong Confederation Trade Unions, the city's largest coalition of independent trade unions, with which the Dockers were affiliated, so mostly the group were pro-democracy camp members, disbanded two years two years ago, citing physical threats. Dozens of civil society groups have followed suit since the national security law came into force in June 2020. Former Labour Party l- lawmaker Lei Chutyan who is among the leading figures in the 2013 strike, is in custody awaiting trial under the national security law. Despite this, Chang Yunwo, who led the Dockers Union during the 2013 strike, said he still believed the public will speak out whenever they saw fairness, they saw unfairness. Chan, now 71, cited Hong Kong's grievances over the, over the screen-following incident at the, at the Mirror concert, and the tower and the collapse of a tower crane that killed three in September last year. Chen said he believes debates on labor issues are still allowed in the city as lawmakers still hear demands from labor concern groups and question the authorities. When industrial safety is completely ignored, or when people's wages are slashed without a re- without a reason, I believe none of Hong Kong's underprivileged groups will accept it. Even the so-called elites will be disgruntled in their hearts. The retired dock workers said, When you're forced to a critical point, you must come out and resist. The question is, with what methods? The same could be spoken for dockers who joined the 2013 strike. <clears throat> Chan said low pay and heavy workloads have been a long-standing problem. It's, it's always been. Although he retired in 2016 and has since stepped down as the union's chairperson, the grain Chan still gets emotional when discussing the strike. And the years leading up to, to 2013, Dockers staged a number of industrial actions, but none lasted for more than two days. It was not until 2013 that Chan finally saw his determination and, and, and courage in his co-workers to fight for their rights. <clears throat> Ahead of the strike, dock workers held two protests outside the offices of Hong Kong's International Terminal Limited, the, the port operator who outsourced the employment of dock workers. And the Hutchinson Wampoa, Tycoon Lee Kashin's flagship corporation that owns HIT. They were ignored in both circumstances. We expect. At 8 a.m., at 8 o'clock a.m., a.m. on March 28th, around 200 dockers gathered at the, at the Quaising Container Terminals and demanded there to meet their employers. After waiting for an hour, an hour and a half, no bosses have showed up. 
If they had come out at 9:30 a.m. and promised a pay raise of 300 of 3 of 300 to 400 dollars, it would have been resolved once and for all, Chan said. But with their demands unanswered, workers charged into the terminals, marking the beginning of their 40-day-long strike. The rest was history. It took the Dockers Union years to build up to the 2013 strike. The prerequisite of any labor movement, Chan said, was to earn workers' trust. For 2013, he said, industrial action always ended in favor of the bosses. In 1996, Dockers struck to force out one labor contractor, only to be replaced by another, which hired fewer workers and paid less. I thought to myself, why after so many strikes, oh, strikes of different scales, did the contractors come out on top every single time? We workers weren't even better off by 10 cents, he said. Chance mind, their failure was due to the absence of a union that truly stands for grassroots workers' rights. After that, he made it, it made it his mission to visit every doctor suffering from work-related injuries that he knew of, from Princess Princess Margaret hospitals to as far as Yunlong, even in Shenzhen. I would go and visit them, Chen said. He also made a point of attending the celebrations and funerals of dock workers and their families. His only purpose, he said, was to let the dock workers know he was fighting for them rather than seeking a supervisor job. He retired in 2016 with the same job title, dock worker, as he started with around three years earlier. In the same vein, the former union leader said everyone should take care of those close to them. When you help to make their voices heard, there must be others supporting you. He acknowledged that the social that the social atmosphere has turned against organized labor movements in the recent years. After members of the active members of the union of the Dockers Union have also shrunk in number. But Chen told his union friends not to feel discouraged. If all you got is a spark, then let it slowly ignite. After all, the fire will not go out. Someone will try try to take advantage of you of you workers, the retired dock workers said. Back in twenty thirteen, when media outlets carried daily updates of the dock of the docker strikes and protests, the lack of legal protection for workers and, and the employer's outsourcing practices were exposed. Throughout the 40-day movement, Hong Kong has donated a total of $8.9 million and countless supplies to support the strikers, an amount unprecedented in the city's history of labor movement. Some spontaneously called for a boycott business owned by billionaire Lee at the time, the, the world's eighth large richest person. Nowadays, said the current leader of the Dockers Union, Lai Ma, labor issues aren't always unless someone dies. He, refers, he referred to last year's deadly crane collapse and said the negligence and safety checks would have been ignored if it had not been for the fatalities. Lai said many labor, labor union leaders or core members had either immigrated or been put behind bars. He feared that media would no longer report on labor rights issues. Under such circumstances, how can you let Hong Kong let Hong Kongers know about the ongoing unfairness in society? Lai asked. To the 61 <clears throat> 61-year-old, the answer was to keep the union alive and running. You must first organize, then you can tell you can tell people about the p- problems workers face: unreasonable dismissals, work safety, 
the imbalance of power between employees and employers, as well as a lack of rights for collective bargaining and strikes. Lots of the union continues to help work <coughs> to help workers and write letters to HIT to request annual incre- uh, incremental increases to dock work to dockers' wages. To mark the tenth anniversary of the strike, the dock workers' union had transformed Black Transformed Black Window, a Samsung pole restaurant, into a simulate into a simulation of the docks where they work and when strike. For the next month, installations in the restaurant will allow customers to learn about the thoughts and experiences of those who took who took part through photos, infographics, and oral histories. Lisa he hoped the installations would help people reflect on on past labor movements and think about the difference they could make in the future. <clears throat> I mean, it's a good idea. Many many people like us needs to know more about what's going on. Because without it, why well, can you? Because Hong Kong right now, because Hong Kong right now, labor unions are very, very hard to even try to even try to protest. Start to protest is hard to even have rallies. The uh, the most popular labor union, which is Lee Chut Yun, <clears throat> and many of the other labor rights person, they're out of behind bars, immigrate, or they retire in politics altogether. How about Russia? No other option. Russia's unequal economic marriage with China. Russia had had found itself in an unequal relationship with China since intensified its its pivot towards Beijing after the assault on Ukraine. Since Western countries imposed sanctions on Moscow, bilateral trade between the two neighbors had reached a record of one hundred and ninety billion dollars, the proportions of Russian tr- foreign trade carried out in yuan has gone from zero point five percent to sixteen percent. It's absolutely critical for Russia to be close to China because Russia doesn't have many trade friends. Alina Rabakova, chief, uh, deputy chief economist at the Institute of International Finance, told AFP. Russian President Vladimir Putin is not is not preparing to host Chinese leader Xi Jinping next week. The two met two last met when when Putin visited Beijing three weeks before launching his campaign in Ukraine. Ties between the two countries are particularly strong in the energy sector, which has been heavily targeted by Western sanctions. China and India has replaced the U- the European Union as Russia's most important export market for oil. Say a group of economists from the Internet from the Institute of International Finance. Along with Turkey, China China and India accounted for two thirds of Russia's crude oil exports in the fourth quarter of last year. Chinese companies took over the niches that were freed by Western companies that ex exit that exited Russia, says Sergei Teplovkov. Sipakov, an expert at the Moscow Higher School School of Economics. That was a view shared by Anna Kariva, a research research fellow at the prestigious MGIMO University in Russia. 
It was necessary to find an alternate source of import as well, especially in machinery, electronics, various parts and components, automobiles, and other vehicles, Kariva said. Kariva told AFP. She said, however, most big Chinese companies that are well integrated into Western markets opt to pause their activities in Russia for fear of potential sanctions. Time will tell if if the alliances will, of of convenience will turn to a long term sustainable partner partnership. Putin wants an wants an even relationship with China, an even relationship like with China, like with a twin brother. But it's not the case. Analyst Timothy Ash told AFP, "Russia has no other option than to turn to China." He said. Timur Amarov, a fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, said Russia's economic stability depends on China. It gives Beijing another tool, another instrument to influence Russia from domestically, he said. The Kremlin, however, denies any disparity. There is neither a leader nor a follower in relations between Russia and China because both parties trust each other equally. Russian pre- Russian president a presidential a Yuri Yushchakov told told journalists some logistical problems hinder trade development between Beijing and Moscow. Railways routes in Russia's far far east are saturated, Kariva said. And upgrades will take some time. Infrastructures in far eastern regions, including the main oil port. Of Cosmino in the Sea of Japan also congested. Besides, Russia has has had to sell its oil at a cheaper price than usual to China or India to maintain sales volume. Its budget is already falling, is feeling the consequences of its forced discounts. Oil export revenue sank by 42% year on year in February, the International Energy Agency said. How many fewer partners leaves Russia in a, vul- in a vulnerable position compared to China, which remains a competitor, Ash said. Beijing has an interest in keeping Russia as an ally that, that is independent to the West, while it also likes Russia to be weakened so it can export. Russia's economic dependency on China is still in its early stages, Umarov said. But in recent years or decades, this economic leverage could turn into something a bigger political leverage, he's added. Already, we knew it was going to happen. So, for us, it's not really a big surprise. It's no surprise to anyone that they're doing this anyway. Of course, they can't lose. I mean, if if United States sanctions are on, then they just have a new ally that takes over. And I mean, look at look at what they do all the time. You know, they sit there, sit there, sit there crummy scum every time. They love screwing up with the West. They all messing around every time. That's what they they usually do every time. So, former president of Taiwan, he's also from the Nationalist Party of Taiwan. Former Taiwan president Ma Ying-jeou to make trip to China. Taiwan's ex-president. Ma Ying-jeou will travel to China next week, his spokesman said, said Monday, in a first cross-strait, first cross-strait visit by a former, by current or former leader of the island in more than 70 years. 
Ma will not visit Beijing and has no current plans to meet Chinese government officials, the spokesman added. China claims self-ruled democratic Taiwan as part of its territory to be seized one day, but force is necessary. The two split in 1949 after a civil war won by the Communist Party with the defeated Nationalist Party fleeing to the island. A member of Beijing's friendly party, the Kuomintang, the Kuomintang, Ma oversaw the dramatic improvements in ties during his 2008-2016 rule, which culminated in a summit between him and Chinese leader Xi Jinping in Singapore in 2015. Relations have plunged under Ma's successor, President Tsai Ing-wen, who have taken a more robust position on Taiwan's sovereignty, prompting increased military, diplomatic, and economic pressure from Beijing. Ma hoped to help reduce tensions with his, with his visit set to, play, to, to take place between March 27th and April 7th, his spokesman said. During his trip, he would pay tribute to his ancestors and promote youth exchanges he had. Tsai's Democratic Progressive Party had condemned Ma's planned visit, accusing him of following a pro-Beijing agenda. The people of Taiwan cannot accept a retired head of state becoming a pawn in the CCP's promotion for unification. The party said in a statement referring to the Chinese Communist Party. Taiwan will hold a presidential election next year, with the KMT and DPP, the main political party, vying for the top position, top post. In Beijing, the Taiwan's Affairs Office on Monday welcomed news of the visit and offered to, and offered to provide the necessary assistance, according to spokes, spokesman Ma Guan. Ma Yingzhou was born in Hong Kong in the 1950s to Chinese immigrant parents from, Qi, from Xiangtan, Xiangtan, Xiangtan and Hunan province, which he will visit in addition to the cities of Shanghai, Nanjing, Wuhan, Chongqing, and Changsha, and Changsha, his office said. His visit comes after a series of recent exchanges between China and, the, and KMT officials. Last month, KMT Vice Chairman Chairman Andrew Xia conducted a nine-day trip to China, followed by the visit of a delegation of Shanghai officials to Taipei. Now, I don't know what tactics that Beijing's going to use for that. It's unknown, but we don't know what they're going to be doing. So, this pretty much is up to anybody's game. It's up to anybody who wants to talk about it or anyone who wants to discuss about it. Right. China Xi Jinping arrives in Moscow. To discuss Ukraine conflict. Xi Jinping hailed his landmark visit to Moscow Monday as giving new momentum to Ru- Chinese-Russian ties ahead of talks with Vladimir Putin on Beijing's proposal to stop fighting in Ukraine. The summit between Russian president and Chinese leader comes as Ch- China seeks to portray itself as a neutral party in the Ukraine in the Ukraine conflict. Washington had accused Beijing of of moving arms exports to Moscow, claimed that China has have have ferociously denied. Xi's three-day trip also serves as a show of support for internationally isolated Putin, just days after a war crime tribunal issued a warrant for his arrest over accusations of unlawfully deporting Ukrainian children. Landing at Moscow's Vinukovo airport, she was greeted by, by Deputy Prime Minister Dmitry Chernyshenko, 
on a red carpet as a military brass band playing the country's anthems, Russian media, Russian media, state media show. I am confident the visit, the visit will be fruitful and give new momentum to the help to the healthy and stable development of Chinese-Russian relations. She was quoted by a Russian news agency as saying shortly after landing. In world of um, volatility and transformation, China will continue to work with Russia to safeguard the international system with the UN at its core, he said. She described China and Russia as good neighbors and reliable partners, and said the two would, would work together to defend true multilateralism. Uh, I wonder what they did in the 60s when they fought each when they were arch rivals and they fought each other all the time. Two leaders are due to discuss China's 12-point position paper on Ukraine's conflict, which calls which includes a call for dialogue and respect for all countries' territorial sovereignty. One way or another, issue raised in Beijing's plan for Ukraine will be touched upon during the negotiations. Comprehensive ex- explanations will be given by President Putin of the Russian positions, Kremlin spokes- spokesman Dmitry Peshkov told, uh, told reporters. Putin and Xi are set to have an informal one-on-one meeting and dinner later Monday before talks on, fr- on Tuesday. Putin's top foreign policy advisor, Yuri Ashakov, told Russian news agency, Putin has welcomed, has welcomed Beijing's statements on Ukraine as being indicative of a willingness to play a constructive role in ending the conflict. But Kiev on Monday reiterated calls for Russia to withdraw its forces from Ukraine ahead of Xi's arrival. The formula for the, success, for the successful implementation of China's peace plan, first and foremost point is to surrender is to is to surrender or withdraw of Russian occupation forces from Ukrainian territories in accordance with international law and the UN Charter. The Secretary for Ukraine National Security and Defense Council, Olesi um, Danilov, wrote on Twitter, A day before Xi's arrival, and to fight Putin went, on, went to the Russian-held Ukraine ter- Ukraine's, uh, Ukrainian city of Maripol, his first visit to the territories captured from Kiev since Moscow's forces pushed across the border in in February 2022. She's visit also comes just days after the International Criminal Court or ICC issued a issued an arrest warrant for putting on accusations of unlawfully deporting Ukrainian children. Beijing Beijing said on Monday that ICC should avoid what's called politicization and double standards and respect the principle of immunity for for help state. The court should uphold an objective and an impartial stance and respect the immunity of heads of state from jurisdiction under international law. Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wan Win Bin told a regular briefing. The solution to Ukraine conflict, he added, remained dialogue and negotiations. Beijing and Moscow have drawn closer in recent years under a partnership that has served as a diplomatic bulwark against the West. China's lambasted what it sees as a U.S.-led campaign of pressures against Russia as Moscow's campaign in, dr- in Ukraine dragged on. Except calling for what it calls, calls impartial mediation of, conf- of the conflict. No single country should dictate the international order, she wrote in a Russian newspaper article.
published on Monday. Chazal has all along upheld an objective and impartial position based on the merits of the issues and actively promotes peace talks yet. Have a look at the Korean War. I don't think people forget about that. Beijing says has strong, has strong criticism of Western nations, which say China is providing diplomatic cover for Moscow's armed intervention. They argue that China's proposals are heavily on grand principle, but light on practical, solution, on practical solutions. The United States last week said China's proposal would simply consolidate Russia's conquest and allow the Kremlin to prepare a fresh offensive. We don't support calls for a ceasefire right now, National Security Council spokesman John, John Kirby said Friday. We, so, we certainly don't support calls for a ceasefire that would be, that would be called for by the PRC in meeting in Moscow. That would, simply, that would simply benefit Russia, he said, referring to the People's Republic of China, the country's official name. And I said, Xi's moves are like unlikely to yield a cessation of hostilities, but his trips will be closely watched in, in Western capitals. The Wall Street Journal reported that Xi could be also planning to planning his first call with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky since the conflict began. Zelensky has said he would welcome talks with his Chinese counterpart. Well, we'll see if, if, he, if, he gets, if the uh, government keeps his promise. I don't know if that's going to be it's going to happen, but that's how I expect I don't expect it to happen. Back to Hong Kong. Talking about the blanket bans or whatever. Government's plan to curb overseas lawyers and national security cases, not blanket bans, said Deputy Justice Minister. Hong Kong's proposal to amend the law so that the chief executive can decide whether to allow to allow overseas uh, barristers to participate in national security cases does not amount to a blanket ban, the city's deputy secretary for justice said on Sunday. If it was a blanket ban, there would be no need to decide to design such concrete a concrete and detailed system, said Horace Chung on TVB's On the Record. Both with the city's lawyers group, the Bar Association, and the Law Society said they p- oppose a blanket ban. Under the government's latest proposal, foreign barristers that are not qualified to practice in Hong Kong would have to first notify the Secretary of Justice to get permission from the Chief Executive through a pre-application screening process. The admission of foreign counsel would be an exception, according to the administration's plan. The Chief Executive would have to would have to have sufficient grounds to believe that admitting the overseas lawyers would not involve national security or harm national security interests. The applicant, the applicant could, on, could only apply to the high court <coughs> after the chief executive grants permission through the screening process. The court would then have to apply to the chief executive uh, for certification whether the admission of said counsel would be allowed. Chun said that the government plan was to fully reflect the spirit of the legislative interpretation from the Standing Committee of the National Police Congress. The Deputy Justice Minister added that Hong Kong was already more open compared to other, to other common law jurisdictions, as many others would not allow the ad hoc commissions of overseas lawyers. Oh, really? The Law Society said last week that the proposal for the screening process was not was not was not cost effective. So, said on Sunday that the pre 
the pre-application process was aimed at avoiding abuses of the system. He added that whether or not Chief Executive could publicize the reasoning for their decision depends on whether such information would risk national security. The administration has the most comprehensive facts and information, and is an and it's in a better position to make an accurate and extensive decisions on matters concerning national security. The MPSC, the MPCSC, issued a legislative interpretation of the city's sweeping security law, following Chief Executive Chief John Lee's invitation to Beijing to intervene on the matter. The debate on overseas councils' participation in national security cases arose after media tycoon Jimmy Lai attempted to hire King's counsel Timothy Owen to represent him in a now adjourned trial. When you realize this, here's the thing. They should have a right. How come in the past, no problem. You can do that, no no problem, nothing else, nothing wrong with that. Right? There's nothing wrong with us, you know, to actually make our own judgment on that, right? No. There's no such thing as that, according to them, according to the Beijing government, according to whatever what Horace is talking about. It sounds so much absurd than I expect. As absurd as it sounds, because I knew it's going to be... They're doing this just because it's just so we can hire someone who can actually do the job right. No, they're supposed to be defending the per- the clients themselves, not defending what the government does. They can't. It doesn't work that way. I don't know. That's how I think. They are a completely different world. These Beijing governments live in different types of planets. Where they think they can do anywhere the frick they want. And how about the job hoppings? Quote unquote job hoppings, of course. And how about some how about the standard news trial? We'll continue on. We'll explain more after the break. Welcome back. Changing jobs a human right. Domestic workers said as Hong Kong ramps up trackdown on job, quote-unquote, job hopping. Migrant domestic workers activists have urged the government to stop accusing workers of job hopping. Saying employers is a, saying, changing employers is a human right that everyone is entitled to. So if Hong Kong people can do it, then why can't they do it? Protesting outside the Labor Department on, on Monday morning, activists with the, with the Asian Migrant Coordinating Body held up signs Reading, stop discrimination, and we are workers, not slaves. That's true, though. Their comments came ahead of the government's launching a public consultation aimed at cracking down on those who terminate their contracts early to find an employer. Dolores Baladares, a spokesperson for the Asian Migrant Coordinating Body, said job hopping was a myth, as changing employers was one of the last things a domestic workers would do. Domestic workers have a, have to pay a big price in the contracts early, including having a, to pay a large sum, sum to employment agencies, as well as facing a wait for a new work visa. Hence, workers will not easily decide will not, um, will not easily decide to change their employer. She said, "If we're not doing it, we're not doing good. If we're not feeling good." If we don't receive any good treatment with our employer, it's the rights of an individual to look for a better employer, Baladaris said, which is not wrong there. 
Because here's the thing. Would you want to work under a person who literally abuses you every day or yells at you every day or treats you like total crap every day? No. You change jobs. Everyone does Everyone does it. It's not job hopping. Not saying I don't want to work here because I don't like that person. No, they don't want to be abused. They don't want to be beaten. They want to be treated like a human being. That's what they are there for. The protest comes as the Labor Department makes plans to amend its code of practice for employment agencies, set a of guidelines for agencies that helps domestic workers find jobs in the city. According to the Labor Department, proposals employment agencies will be required to clearly explain to domestic workers the applications to change employer before the completion of the standard two-year contract would normally not be approved, apart from in exceptional circumstances. These circumstances including includes the transfer, migration, death, or financial reasons relating to the original employer or where there is evidence that the foreign domestic workers have been abused or exploited. Do you have to... Here's the thing. Do they have to die to make sure that that's not going to happen or what the employers does? If they beaten you up, they have the rights to change their job. So what is the... So here's the thing. Why are making it harder on the workers? It's already hard on them. How can they deal with that? They're humans. They work. And they break their butts off. Literally. They bust the... Seriously. They, they go to Hong Kong and they work their butts off. The only last thing that the employers and the government can do is pay their salary or pay their wages. So that way they can help their family. Or pay for the stupid government departments or whatever the frick they're doing. Because they don't, they, don't, they don't care. Okay, They put, care about the employer. They don't care, care about the employee. They're working their butts off while, they're, while the employer just doesn't beat the heck out of these guys. Or whatever they do. They may they may sexual harass they may sexually assault them or something. Or maybe grope them or something. Or maybe there's plenty of things that's gonna happen that they don't even wanna work with that person anymore. <laughs> or for, as we say. The department also has also proposed closely monitoring the business practices of agencies and conducting inspections of agencies offering cash incentive to workers whose employment contracts are prematurely terminated. According to the government, with COVID-19 affecting the supply of domestic workers in, in Hong Kong, employment agencies have been, have been inducing domestic workers to end their contact, contracts early. The situation has mark, uh, markedly improved as the numbers of domestic workers gradually rebounded, the government said. The Labor Department received 47 complaints involving employment agencies incentivizing domestic workers to change jobs last year. Compared to 177 in 2021. The proposal will be discussed in the panel of manpower meetings and legislative council on Tuesday. On the same day, the Labor Department will launch a public consultation to collect views from stakeholders. How about from them as well? Not just from rich idiots. String it, uh, Stringerton. I'm sorry about butchering that name. The chairperson of the Indonesian Migrant Workers Union said she hoped the government would meet with domestic workers. Today, we are asking the Labor Department immediately to call different organizations of migrant domestic workers to have consultation and listen to our demands and voices. Last month, an idiot, which is lawmaker Franking Ann from DAB, raised a motion in the Legislative Council calling on authorities 
to improve the policies on foreign domestic work helpers. He said the government should crack down on domestic workers who change their employers often and step up regulations of employment agencies. Really? During the Elizabeth Council meeting, another idiot, which is lawmaker Elizabeth Quad, her freaking cred- credentials are questionable, says she has received com- many complaints from employers about their domestic workers, including that they did not know how to perform chores. She says some dom- some domestic workers did not quote unquote match their product description, a comment that drew ear amongst activists who demanded an apology from her. Are you? Look, this this is, this cannot happen, Frankie. Frankie and Elizabeth, are you? No, I, I'm I, I don't I don't know. I'm speechless right now. Like this this person never met a domestic worker in their life and have them talk about how horrible their employers are. Why aren't they listening to what the employee has to say? Well, Elizabeth Quat, that stupid idiot, said they're not match their project descriptions. They're not a product. They're human beings. Who has the right for you to say that about a domestic worker? They're humans. Not to mention, there's a reason why they changed their employers to begin with. They want they, they stay in that place. God knows what's gonna happen to them. They could be beaten. They could be sexually assaulted. Anything can happen. Verbal abuse, psychological abuse, emotional abuse. Anything can happen to them. So why aren't the probation gut? Probation parties like these idiots right here say, "Okay, let's see what they up. To. Let's let's just believe." Thing is, you have to understand the story. Why this happens to them? Why they change their jobs? Why this happens? It's because do they have a choice? They're they're either going to be abused every time, or they find someone who can actually take them in as like family would. Now, granted, they're working. Yes, they're working. They get the they get the wages paid. They want someone to actually treat them like a human being, not treat them like a product, not treat them like a freaking robot. They're human. They're not like steel or robot where they can just work without tells you that they're human, not robots. They work and work and work. And what do you get them? Give them only only a a broken a, a maybe a, a a bruised eye, a broken nose, maybe a broken arm, maybe a broken leg, maybe an injured somewhere. I, I don't know why they're not they're not seeing what's going on. Even then, Regina it is is also. I can't forgive her what she did. You guys can look it up. This is a long time ago. You guys can look up for Regina Ip, um, domestic workers. They're all over online. It became a meme. South China Post ripped her apart. All right, let's go to something a little bit um. Something that 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 is pretty much what everyone would. Well, not expect anyone will already see by now. You guys haven't heard news, but we're gonna report. Forty-six people evacuated after Hong Kong bus mounts road bus mounts mounts road barrier. A bus ran into a road barrier in Chunsawan on Monday morning. With passengers on the upper deck momentarily trapped before firefighters arrived on the scene. The double-decker traveling along two, um, 290A was operated by Kalu Motor Bus, KMB Company. It was tilted at an angle with, with the front half of the bus stops of the bus atop the barrier when rescue personnel arrived at around 9.50 a.m. 
total of 46 people were rescued from the bus by the fire department, fire services department. Among them, 41 were, were slightly injured and sent to Carita's Medical Center, Princess Margaret Hospital, Yan Chai's Hospital, and Kwan Wah Hospital, departments, the department said. The accidents happened near Qinglai Court and Chen Shawan, local media, local media report. Parts of, of Qing, um, Qingcheng's road in the direction up to, up Qingwan were closed off after the crash. As the transport department appealed to drivers to choose alternative routes, live video from the scene shows firefighters entering the bus to evacuate passengers. Some were brought out on a stretcher, while others while others were able to walk out on their own. The driver who momentarily lost consciousness was also was also slightly injured, according to local media. A passenger surnamed Lee told reporters on the scene that she was sitting on the upper deck. The bus was not speeding. And there was no swaying before it ran into the barrier, she said. She added that a few passengers hit the forehead, the nose, or their mouth, causing some bleeding. Another passenger who had a who had a gauze tape below her nose said she was sleeping when the when the accident happened. I'm hoping no. I'm hoping everyone's doing fine, and I'm hoping this. Hopefully, in the future, this is not going to happen again. We've got three more reports, so. Hong Kong police urge, maintain, urge to maintain professionalism after the officers reportedly pushes a journalist. A press group in Hong Kong has called on the police to maintain professionalism while on duty after a journalist was reportedly pushed by two by two in, by two officers while filming outside a courthouse. Police officers should avoid causing unnecessary inconvenience to journalists when they are conducting reporting. The Hong Kong Journalists Association said in a statement issued on Saturday. The group, the press group's remarks came a day after local newspaper Ming Pao reported that it, its journalist was pushed away by a police officer twice outside the district, district court on Friday. The reporter was said to be filming a filming perse, uh, public persecutor Lauren mm, as she was leaving the courthouse in Wan Chai. She was in court on Friday for the trial hearing of two former top Stan News editors who was accused of conspiring to publish seditious material along with the parent company of a now-defunct news outlet. According to Ming Pao, the persecutor was escorted by a group of police officers, including one handling the Stan News sedition case. One officer pushed the Ming Pao journalist twice and shouted Cantonese profanity before leaving in a seven-seater vehicle footage from newspaper appeared to show. According to the Hong Kong Journalists Association, only two, only two, two journalists were present at the scene to take photos of, which the union said was an act of normal reporting. I mean, anybody. I mean, despite the pro Beijing, they still report like a normal, per, like a normal journal, like any journalist would do, right? Which the union was an act of normal reporting and the positions of Ming Pao's journalists should not cause obstruction. The Hong Kong Journalists Association urges the police to adopt a professional attitude while attending, while working, while working, and avoid causing unnecessary inconvenience, physical, physical confront, uh, confrontation, and impact on on journalists who are conducting reporting. A statement from uh, from the association read. In response to Ming Pao's inquiries, 
police said they allocated a appropriate manpower to maintain order at the at the district court on Friday. They were my officers to pay attention to professional conduct and enhance sensitivity to professionalism in order to maintain the force's profession force's professional image. The force said. Please also urge journal also urge journalists to be professional and avoid causing inconvenience to others when they conduct reporting. And the force would offer assistance to media under the premises that it would not affect the efficiency of their operation. Jeez, I wonder how they never have any, you know, professionalism when they were handling the protesters back in 2019 or in 2020 when COVID-19 happened, when when the national security law was passed. Ten months jail for ex-Hong Kong cop over seditious online post about a death of a Marine officer. A former Hong Kong police officer had been sentenced to ten months in prison, ten months in jail, after he was convicted under colonial era sedition law in connections with social media with social media posts about the death of a Marine officer. Choi Chumang. Appeared in front of, pres- of acting principal magistrate Veronica Hung at the West Kalu Magistrates Court on Monday. The ex-police officer had been had been has been in custody, has been remanded uh, reman- in custody since last month following his conviction. Joe was found guilty of doing an act and doing acts or acts with seditious intentions. He was arrested and charged after he posted comments. On the on the police Facebook page and his own page about the death of Marine Officer Lam Yingyi in September 2021, Choi resigned from the force two months later in November that year. Lam died during doing a law enforcement law enforcement operations against some suspected smuggling. The speedboat carrying Lam's capsized after colliding uh, carrying Lam capsized after colliding with a vessel carrying suspected smugglers. Her body was found on September 27, 2021. Tori left comments on the police Facebook page when the Marine police uh, Mar- Marine female officer should be dead and shared articles about Lam on his own social media page according to the persecution. When Hung handed down her ruling last month, the acting principal magistrate rejected Tori's claim that he was that he made a post out of discontent over the improper police deployment which led to Lam's death. The magistrate said that the ex-police officer testimony did not make sense and that the defendant was evasive during crucial moments of cross-examinations. Through mitigation, Choi's representative said that the ex-officer had not met with his mother because of, because of, COVID-19, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Choi's mother, who wrote a mitigation letter for her son, which said that Choi did not think it through before making such comments, such mean comments. On Monday, Hung said that Choi showed no remorse as a former police officer and insisted that he did not have any sedition intention. The magistrate also said that while the atmosphere in Hong Kong at the time of the offense was calm, there's still risk of violence following the 2019 protests. What violence? I wonder what that means by violence. Choi's intentional use of Facebook commenting on a police Facebook page was to increase the effect of his speech, said Hung. The defense criminal liability is very serious, said the magistrate. 
and that pr- imprisonment was the only appropriate options. Hall also refused to grant bail to Troy's pending appeal. So what is so the thing is what is the point? I mean of course making comments like that is not a very smart idea, but at the same time, you understand why they're making that comments. Now I don't know what they mean by oh the police should be dead, things like that, blah blah blah. You know that you know those those are this is very we already reported that, but at the same time, what does it mean that? Right? Because at the same time what's the use? Send news trial. Ex-Chief Editor reveals he considered moving data operations away from Hong Kong. And top ex-Editor of the now-defunct defunct digital sta- newspaper, Stan News, had told the court that he considered moving the outlet's data and operations abroad after Beijing's implemented the national security law in 2020. This is trial of Stan News' form, former editor, former chief editor, Chun Pui Kung, acting, acting chief editor Patrick Lam and the publication's parent firm, appeared entered its 43rd day in front of district, of district judge Gua Weiking on Monday. These three stand accused of conspiring to publish 17 seditious, com- seditious articles between July 2020 and December 2021. During Monday's hearing, lead prosecutor Lauren Ng cited a, cited a profile of Trump published in Appadelius days before the enactment of Stan News, which quote Trump as saying he was, pla- he was playing, he was thinking about a plan B for Stan News. Trump said he had been worried of the revival of Article 23, Hong Kong's own, nas- own security law, abandoned mass protests in 2003, since Stan News was established back in 2014. We have been thinking if it's possible that, that the service storing all of our contents could be placed outside of Hong Kong. And we're seriously considering whether whether it was necessary to move the entire Stan News office out of Hong Kong, Chum said. But the editor said the company layered this layered decision to move its content from local server to Google was motivated by the US tech company better pricing and services rather than security concerns. Chum said it was because they found the offenses targeted by national security law did not concern where the data was stored. As for the idea of moving their entire operations abroad, the chief the former chief editor said there were many technical difficulties. If your focus is covering local news, it would be very hard for you to not have an office in Hong Kong, Chum said. In the Apple Daily profile, Chum was also asked to comment on an incident where a 13-year-old student reporter was escorted away from a protest scene by police at Sim Chai Chui Mall in 2020. Persecutor asked why Chum did not mention the age of the student when saying that it was part of free speech that anyone can observe matters of current and public. And asked, he was young and unable to protect himself, and you think he should appear on the scene? In response, Chum said he gave his answer in, with reference to a broader context at the time, where there are, were many confrontations between police and the press. During the 2019 pro-democracy demonstrations, and, uh, demonstrations, there were many cases stemming from the police unreasonable be- arrangement for the media, officers unrestrained behavior, he said. However, Chum said that in retrospect, non-professional reporters might want to might want to avoid covering the protests if they want to, if they wish to protect their personal safety. 
if you have no confidence in the police reactions or judgment, the prosecutor said that Chum's Chum's uh previous previously remarked it remarked that he assumed their readers were capable of independent thinking. She asked if he found it acceptable for a thirteen year old to read the allegedly seditious articles in question. Response: Chum said he thought there was there should be no there should not be an age limit to reading political commentary. If readers that are young have an interest and are capable of understanding articles, this could be a starting point for them to learn about politics. Chum added that he would still assume young readers would do their own research on political matters, as long as the free speech environment is open and diverse. Naturally, the curiosity over various issues will be satisfied. The prosecutor also asked if Patrick Lamb has been, had been Chum's deputy before Chum stepped down in October 21. Chum answered that Lamb was the most trusted staff at Stan News. However, he did not agree with the government's lawyer description that Lamb has been deputy in terms of editing. Judge Kwok then clarified the prosecutor's question and asked if Lamb was the pu- publication decision, make- decision maker in Chum's absence. In response, Chum said Lamb cannot, could only make decisions over certain areas of reporting, which, only, which includes investigative reports, court news, data journalism, and the creations of interactive features. Meanwhile, Lamb would not deal with the editing of an op-ed, which was Chum's area, and the assignments editors at the Atlas Hong Kong desk would coordinate amongst themselves to give the go-ahead for daily stories. Chum added that other co-workers would only treat Lam as his deputy in his absence when it came to administrative work and company affairs, such as when the police showed up up with a warrant. Chum added that after the Beijing's implementation of the national security law in June 2020, he and other senior staff at the stand, at the outlet became more conscious of the risk they were facing. As a result, Chum said the assignment headers would no longer make final decisions over articles they consider a sense consider sensitive and would wait for him. Then the chief editor to make the call to publish. Chum was also questioned as to whether in tw- in July twenty twenty one he was already had Lamb in mind as his replacement. Chum said he was thinking about the possibility that he might be arrested or be prevented from carrying out his duties as a digital outlet chief editor, as a number of top-ranking staffers at defunct Protomoxy tabloid Apple Daily were arrested in mid-2021, including his wife, Tan Puimang. He said his initial thought was to find an outsider to fill his role, in order to bear the risk and immense stress of the time. Chum said he did not wish for Lamb and or other colleagues to take up his positions. To put it simply, I want them to stay safe. Chum added that he was the oldest staff members at Stan News, while others holding senior positions were under the age of 40. He said Lamb was around 30 years old, was around 30 years old and had a daughter under, under 2 years old when he stepped up as acting chief editor. The prosecutor then questioned, why outsiders would take up Chum's position when they knew of the press? To which Chum replied, That's why I couldn't find any. And also asked why Chum and other senior senior staff collect legal opinions in the latter half of 2020 after the implementation of the national security law when there has not been a lot of criticism against the publications. The editors revealed in his, in his answers that the solicitor they invited did not charge them for his opinions. And then went on to ask if lawyers they ask talked about the reason behind the national security legislation. 
Chung barrister Audrey Yu rose and objected the prosecutor from asking further questions on matters subjecting to legal privilege. Judge Kwok sided, like always, with the defense barrister and told him to come up with questions about Chung's understanding of security legislation. So this time, Kwok at least siding with the barrister of the security legislation instead of a conversation with a lawyer when the hearing resumes on Tuesday. After being reported that a that a journalist was was um that a journalist was pushed away by a police officer when trying to take pictures of Lauren's uh, lead prosecutor Lauren following Friday's hearing, the police stepped up the presence near the court exit on Monday afternoon. Hong Kong Free Press saw at least six officers stationed at the car at the car park exit at, of the district court after Monday's hearing ended. Reports were asked by the police to show their press passes as well as ID cards for verifying the identity. Minutes before the prosecutor left the office, the police created a cordon line and told the reporters to keep up a dis- keep a distance as they were move as they were moving evidence. I wonder what evidence they were moving. I'm pretty sure there was none. I don't know if there's there's any, but it's just another way of a political persecution that's going on. And I'm hoping that they're not they're still continuing doing it. Oh yeah, they're not stopping anyway. So for me, I'm not. I'll, I won't be surprised if they're stopping anyway, cause there ain't. They'd still do it any either way. I mean, how do you stop these guys? I mean, you just don't. You just don't really. You can't stop the government for anything, cause if you did, they would have not done it. But at the same time, they just came up with questions. They came up with, with like every single evidences to at. To at least to many of them, they want ev- they they provide evidence that are either trumped up or just full full lies, like what the government always been doing. I'm at least impre- I'm at least impressed with um, Judge Quark siding with the barrister, so that's a good so that's a, a plus for that. But at that time, it doesn't improve much because they're still gonna continue on the trial nonetheless. So I'm hoping that. He'll be found non guilty because he's not. I'm pretty sure he's not. He has the rights to publish his own publications. And hopefully, that this shows that they, there is still hope, even a little limited, even a limited environment that we have. Thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, if you guys enjoy this podcast, we need to tune in every Monday and Friday for our podcasts. And also on Wednesday, we also have a debate. So, hopefully, you guys can join in us on that. I'm pretty sure you guys will have a lot, a lot of fun for that. And you guys can talk to them. You can talk to them. You can have students debate on each other if we have time. So hopefully that will happen. And that's it for today. And we'll talk more on Friday for any more report. This is Team Care Help, my radio. Sign out. Hope you guys have a great day. my radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. Can't host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.